Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Boozer, Cooper Flag, phenomenal basketball players, elite. But have you met AJ DeBanza? You are locked on college basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for tuning in to make us your first listen or watch every single day. In a time where, man, some sports desks around the nation are struggling, I love it that we get to be here all the time doing what we do, and that's because of people like you tuning in. Thank you. Let's keep this thing going, man. It's so much fun. Coming up on the show today, unfortunately... (laughs) Seriously, I'm not joking. I know it sounds like a broken record, but there's more Bob Huggins stuff to talk about today. Yes. Also, the Mountaineers lose another one of their players late last week. James Aconquo uh, committed to North Carolina. We'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about AJ DeBonza and this dude. My word. So, you know, Peach Jam ended over the weekend yesterday on the show. If you watched it, You already know this. If not, you need to go back. Check it out. Andy Patton and I had a great discussion about Cam Boozer and Cooper Flagg and which one we would rather have right now to be like the cornerstone, the building block of a team or a franchise or whatever it was. Well, today I want to keep going with this Peach Jam conversation so that uh, we can keep learning more about some of the players who will be joining us in college basketball in the next several years so while boozer while flag they are clearly the dudes in 2025 and there's some other dudes in 2025 i should say as well there is someone who is potentially even better coming in the class behind them and that's aj debonsa who is in the class of 2026 meaning he is just a rising sophomore and you're like seriously shade we talking about some rising sophomores right now yeah we are because he's legit and ridiculously good. I know it's, you know, another several years before he would even be in college, but just bear with me. So listen, at at EYBL, at Peach, well, Peach Jam specifically, the culmination of EYBL, Cooper Flag, Cam Boozer, they're the talk of the town and deservedly so. They were they were killing it. They were, honestly. Um, and but they were doing so in the 16s group at Peach Jam. Our man AJ led Peach Jam in scoring while playing with the 17s group, despite having just finished his freshman year of high school. You catching me? Flag and Boozer doing it up, unbelievable stuff with the with the 16s. Debansa, who just finished his freshman year going to be a sophomore, is doing it against rising seniors. So I, I, I want to make sure you're catching what I'm saying here. This dude, the elite of the elite basketball players in high school are, are squaring off. And this kid who's going to be a sophomore this year lit up a group of seniors. Now, to be fair, Debansa is six months older, actually, than Cam Boozer. So he's an old rising sophomore, but is younger than Flag, only by a couple of weeks, though. So, I mean, technically, A.J. DeBanza could 
could be a rising junior. But even still, even if he was, he was doing this up at least one year and doing absolute work against those dudes. So you need to know this man. You need to know his name because he is ridiculous. So why is it that we are talking about a rising sophomore today? Great question. So again, remember yesterday we posed, would you rather take Boozer or Flag to start your team with? The thing is, for me, as of right now, I think I would actually take Debanza over both of them. <laughs> now, I know some of that is potential. He has, you know, one year further before he can get to college. There, there's other routes he could take earlier, whether it's going to a elite um, or going to G League Ignite, although if he did that, couldn't um, couldn't come to college. But, um, and, and folks, it's not just me. Gary Parrish from CBS, phenomenal college basketball guy, was down there. Uh, wrote about him for CBS Sports after Peach Jam. Adam Finkelstein, who is 247 Sports' director of scouting, tweeted that, quote, he's been as impressive as anyone at Peach Jam talking about DeBansa. Uh, Rob Doster, Field of 68, just raved about him in Field of 68's daily email on Monday. Um, Jamie Shaw from On3 recently updated his high school rankings across all classes, not just like seniors, sophomores, like every player in high school and has Debonsa number one amongst all of them. So this dude is not just turning my head. He is turning heads all over. He's turning every head imaginable and everybody wants him. So that's why we're talking about a rising sophomore on today's Show. So let me give you a little bit of his bio and then I'll tell you more about his game and some other things and then we'll keep on going. So Devonsa uh, is originally from Massachusetts, um, plays for Expressions Elite, which is a Boston-based AAU team, um, although he is transferring out to the West Coast this year to play for Prolific Prep out in Napa. Devonta's Peach Jam stats. You ready for this? 25.8 points a game. Again, that led all of Peach Jam. 5.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and 1.2 blocks. He's a big wing type player, 6'8", 6'9", getting close to 200 pounds. I believe he's more in that like 185 to 190 range, but it's going to keep filling out. And uh, most of the, there's four major recruiting services we always talk about. Um, ESPN, Rivals 247, and On3. The majority of those haven't done their 26 rankings yet, but ESPN has, and they have him number one. And again, as I said, um, On3's Jamie Shaw has him number one across every class of high school. So impressive stuff. So you're probably asking the question, what is it about him? Why is he so impressive? Well, it's because he can do a little bit of everything. He's a three-level scorer. He's gifted with just that length that we look for. You know, so many of the, the NBA bodies that are these, you know, these wings that we think of that are big bodied wings, the, the Tatums, the Kawhis, the Paul Georges of the world, you know, like those kind of guys that are just doing it and doing it really well. So that, that is AJ. He's long and he's not just athletic. But he's also skilled. And that's an important thing to notice. A lot of guys are really, really athletic. 
But Devonta also has the basketball skills requisite to go with that. And that's a great combination. His body moves well. Well, he's not, you know, I often joke about um, some of these guys that are so big, tall and long that are kind of a little bit more lanky, um, kind of look like a, a, a baby deer out on the ice, you know, can't, you know, uh, on skates or whatever. That's not Devonta. He looks like he's put together. His body kinetically knows what it's doing. And so I love it. Um, watching some of his peach jam stuff. I saw him finish through contact well against Tyron Stokes, who's widely seen as the number two player in the 26th class. And Devonta just absorbs the contact and finishes in the lane. And oh, who, by the way, Stokes also plays for Prolific Prep. So that team should be absolutely loaded this upcoming season. Make sure you keep your eyes on that. Um, a lot of times when we think about these bigger dudes, it's like, well, yeah, he can get into the lane and finish. But again, I said Devonta's a three-level score. His shooting stroke is sweet. It's pretty. He can hit from wherever. I mean, he's, he's just a shot maker. It's it's wonderful. But go ahead. Go cover him. Get up into him. He's going to blow by you, dunk it, or drop off for somebody, or kick out to somebody, and, and knock you off that way. Um, and not to mention, when he is getting to the rim, he's a great free throw shooter, and he gets there to the free throw line a lot. And so there's just so, so much to like about what he's doing as you know, the age of like a rising junior. And so uh, really, really excited about what he could possibly do. But how many times, you know, I, I just want to give the cautionary word. You know, you think about a guy like Amani Bates, who was, was crowned like, oh, this is going to be the dude way early on and then wound up kind of being a bust at Memphis and then wound up, you know, going uh, back home up to Ypsilanti and, and playing not even for a, a major conference team. Um, and, and I, listen, my thing is I am always like, I want these young men to do well. I want to cheer for them. I want to see the best for them because I just want to see great basketball and I want to see great stories. That's why we're all here, right? Is to cheer for these young men who, who are doing this and, and for them to succeed. So I, I want to see Amani Bates do well in the NBA, but Right, there is a little bit of a cautionary tale to that. So nothing is guaranteed, is why I say that about um, AJ or any of these other um, young high schoolers that we're talking about. But again, I'm hoping for the best for him. So what what I love about this too is that there's a lot of noise about the 2023 class not being as strong as some of the others. Um, so I think it's neat that you know in that 25 class we have. Flag. We have Boozer, who we can now spend a couple years um, more watching and getting prepared for. I think that that level of excitement being built up for when they hopefully come to college and, and don't go the pro route uh, will be awesome. The same thing um, for Debanza is in when we get ready for him in the 26-27 season, unless he reclassifies, which is a possible thing, especially given his age. Um, that that we get to look forward for multiple years now to those guys coming and just imagine um, hopefully the growth that they will all have between now and then. And and I think Debonsa ultimately will end up in college. He has publicly talked about promising his mom to come to school for at least 
uh, well, not at least for a year of college. And uh, I'm a, I, for one, am hoping for exactly that thing to happen because I think he can be phenomenal and will be. And he's clearly pushing himself by going out to prolific. He's going to play against other elite talent. Um, everything I've heard and seen and read about him is that he is driven and is going to keep going. So make sure you check him out if you haven't done so already. Well, I kind of laughed about it earlier. It's unfortunate laughter, but uh, it is laughter all the same because you. I keep thinking, you probably do too, that this uh, West Virginia saga is going away. Well, it's not. Coach Huggins just cannot let it die. We'll talk more about that and dive into it in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Man, their shorts, they're going to make you look good this summer. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're relaxing or being adventurous, you're going to look good in these shorts. Their stretch khakis, for example, are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. But, and, and they fit way better and are allow for better movement than regular shorts made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice that movement. Also, Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs all summer long. I promise you that. All right. Folks, uh, thank you once again, especially you everydayers for tuning in with us to get the best information about college basketball every single day, even in the offseason. Make sure you tune in with us the rest of the week. Andy will be with you the next couple days along with Leaf Tulane, and then I'll be back with you on Friday's show as we get into the literal dog days of July. I don't know why I said literal. I don't even because I don't even know what that literally means, but it'll be the dog days of July. July. Okay. Well, on Monday, after a weekend of Bob Huggins saying, I didn't actually resign from West Virginia, that wasn't a thing, whatever, all this different information, Bob Huggins continues to tow that same line, to tell that same story. Because Monday saw both parties, Bob Huggins and, and his legal counsel, and West Virginia and their general counsel, trade letters once again because Bob Huggins just refuses to let this thing go, whether that's of his own volition or that that's being backed by his legal counsel. I can't say, cause I don't, I'm not privy obviously to the conversations they're having, but that's where we're at on Monday. Huggins claimed that West Virginia did not quote, did not handle the situation appropriately and quote, and that he has a quote, strong desire to end my to conclude my career, end quote, at West Virginia. <laughs> to which I say, well, sir, you have already done that. You have already concluded your career at West Virginia because the choices you have made and then the further torpedoing of all that now in the public sphere 
are not getting you back in the door at West Virginia. So you you have a strong desire to conclude your career at West Virginia. Congratulations, sir, because that has already happened. So uh, to that letter from Huggins and, and his um, his representation, West Virginia's general counsel wrote back definitively rebutting that letter. Um, and so that's where we're at. Let me read you some more from Huggins' letter that was published on Monday. He starts it by saying the Quote, the press has now seen the letter sent by my counsel setting forth my position that I never resigned from my employment as head basketball coach for West Virginia University. My attorney will address the legal issues relating to my purported resignation. I wanted to respond to WVU's statements and set the record straight on the past two weeks. And so there, there is something going on with his resignation and it's all going to come back to um, this, this idea that West Virginia has of an employee um, employment agreement and how he did or did not go about properly terminating that. So let me read just a couple other things that I highlighted from his letter quote, I did not draft or review West Virginia university's statement. The one that came out, where they said, you know, Ren Baker and Gordon Yee, that um, he was resigning, etc. So, quote, I did not draft or review WVU's statement. This false statement was sent under my name, but no signature is included. In addition, the false unsigned statement was accompanied by a joint statement from the president and athletics director that clearly implied that they had received this purported resignation letter from me, end quote. Man, Andy and I said it yesterday. I'll say it again right now because of this. And again, this is new information since yesterday's show. Something is amiss here. One side of this is, is wrong, is dead wrong, and is not telling the truth. And we don't know who or what that is yet. And so we got to figure this out. One, one or two other things that I highlighted here. Quote, I am employed by WVU pursuant to an employment agreement. I, and that's in cap. So that's like an official West Virginia thing. I never submitted the notice required under the employment agreement to voluntarily resign. End quote. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of wrinkles to this thing. There's a lot of technicalities, obviously, when we're getting into the legalese of it. And that's where we're at. And um, Coach Huggins ends the thing by saying, quote, now that I have obtained counsel to review the employment agreement and have seen WVU's comments about my current status, it is clear that WVU did not handle the situation appropriately. More importantly, the basketball program is in need, and I have a strong desire to conclude my career as the head basketball coach for the program that I love. I hope to meet with WVU in the near future to resolve this situation, end quote. Man, that is... Uh, yikes. So everything clearly centers around this employment agreement and how he did or did not submit this resignation. But here's the thing from me. You ready for this? Even if Coach Huggins were able to go through that and win out a, you know, win out over West Virginia on some technicality about the validity of his resignation or lack thereof, whether he resigned or not, 
great. Congrats. You've won that. West Virginia is still going to fire you for cause because they have a lot of it. Especially now. West Virginia has already shown that they aren't backing down. They're not going anywhere. They're not, you know, they're not just going to say, oh, Coach Huggins is, is pushing back. We're going to lay down. No, they're going to stand their ground on this thing. And he, he's got to accept that. Because uh, you hear what I'm saying? Like, okay, sure, great. Congratulations. Maybe you didn't resign. But even still, we're going to fire you now. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe he wants to get fired because that would come with some different type of severance package that could be better and more, more lucrative. Now, he's only got a one-year contract. And remember, that was reduced after the initial issues with the comments on the, on the uh, radio show. And so, you know, maybe his general counsel or not general counsel, his, his legal representation is saying, Hey, if you can get this switched or changed, then we're going to be able to get a better settlement for you. Maybe that's what's in it. But for this man who's been in coaching for so long and has, uh, you know, surely saved so much money and, and other things like he, he doesn't need that. So I, I just, man, it's, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And whether it's resign or get fired, one of them's going to happen, and you just got to accept it. I thought John Fanta said it well on Twitter. Let me quote him. Bob Huggins made anti-gay comments. He blew a 0.21 alcohol content level five weeks later, getting arrested for a DUI. He quite literally told his team he wasn't coaching them this season. Now he wants his job back and is ruining his relationship with WVU ridiculous and sad end quote listen that's short and sweet and what it is and so listen coach huggins i'm sorry but this thing ain't happening like you just you just gotta pack it in take your ball and go home it's over i i'm beginning to believe that andy was incredibly right yesterday on our show that this is just about money because if it was about legacy or reputation or whatever, th this type of thing would have been handled previously and, and already talked about. This, this thing's done, man. It's over. And after everything that you've put this university through, this basketball program through, you're only making the whole situation worse for yourself and everyone involved in it. Engaging in a PR battle in the public sphere is just not the way to go about doing this thing, man. It's time to drop it. It's time to move on. Coach Huggins needs to save whatever face and whatever legacy he has left and save any more disgrace that he might heap on this university that he claims to love. You know, it, it gets to a point where if you truly want the best for this university, you got to realize it's time to walk away. That's where I'm at. Another part of this is that you're going to keep losing guys in the transfer portal. Obviously they only had that 30 days. Um, but man, now I hadn't even thought about that, but now that comes into question. Is it, well, I guess West Virginia moved, so it still is that 30 days. But you know what I mean? Like, that gets messy with all of this as well. But anyway, late last week, James Aconquo committed to North Carolina. West Virginia transfer, James Aconquo, I should say, doesn't move the needle for Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels, and what will he bring to their team? We'll talk about that in just a second. 
Okay, last late last week, James Aconquo, a, a transfer from West Virginia in the wake of all the Bob Huggins, Bob Huggins uh, stuff, decided to commit to North Carolina. Interestingly enough, Aconquo is an Englishman and um, was actually in the midst of trying out for uh, UK's under-20 FIBA team competing in the European Championships. He had scheduled a visit to North Carolina for July 24th. Clearly, as you're hearing this, well, if you're hearing it on the day it comes out or seeing it on the day it comes out, it's July 11th. But yet he's already committed to North Carolina. Apparently, he uh, saw and heard everything he needed to without even visiting campus and so pretty crazy stuff there for the Tar Heels but listen this is what happens in this era of the transfer portal I know um, I can remember back that Brady Manick did that with North Carolina having not yet visited campus as well and so um, Aconquo is is off competing in the FIBA championships right now and uh, at, at some point after that we imagine he will take a visit to Chapel Hill and ultimately sign with the Tar Heels. The question, um, you know, this, this is great. Uh, Aconquo is a 6'8", kind of bouncy, long forward, and um, is going to provide great depth for the Tar Heels. He's somebody that um, at West Virginia didn't, didn't necessarily play a ton and did, though, have some good, like, block percentage numbers, good offensive rebounding percentage things when he was in and and the way it um, translates out. If he does get more playing time, um, you know, you're, you're looking at some potentially good stuff there. I think where this is for North Carolina, not I think where I would say it is for North Carolina is not somebody who's going to come in and start or get a ton of time this year. Um, and again, because he does have multiple years of eligibility left, just finished his first two years at West Virginia, and in fact was a reclass two years, and so it is ahead of the game that way. But um, I project him obviously to be behind Armando Baycott, uh, behind Jalen Washington, although he's going to bring something different to the Tar Heels front court than James Washington um, than Jalen Washington, excuse me, would bring. Um, he'll battle with the other guys because I believe he could play either forward position for Hubert Davis's team. Um, right now, I've been projecting that Harrison Ingram will be the starting for the transfer from Stanford as kind of a small ball power forward um, in this style that most of us are projecting that Hubert Davis will want to play. And so Oconquo will kind of be behind that. But as you look at recent history for Armando Baycott, he's had some injury issues you know, big men are wants to get in foul trouble. Um, but also I think that Aconquo can provide some good um, pushback for Baycott in practices for North Carolina. Jalen Washington, the rising sophomore, doesn't have that level of strength on his body. And so um, to, to help prepare Baycott for when he goes up against bigger guys like DJ Burns from NC State. Um, and so that that is a big win for the Tar Heels. In terms of... Does it move the needle for the Tar Heels? It does in terms of depth, but it doesn't in terms of moving up the preseason rankings. I project that uh, the Tar Heels, when we see the AP poll come out, will be ranked, but I would suggest in the 20s. And I think that's where I will have them as of right now, um, which is why I'm saying that's where I think they'll be in the AP poll. 
Um, in terms of scholarships, it's this interesting thing we're seeing around the nation right now where teams aren't using all 13 other scholarships because they're not going to play everybody, at least use them on scholarship level players, I should say. A lot of programs are going to be giving out more scholarships to walk-ons to reward them for what they've done. But um, I, I project this with the Tar Heels as of right now. Aconquo will be the 11th scholarship and they will have two left. And so this is where I think Hubert Davis and his team will land. So in terms of personnel for West Virginia, we're going to have to keep watching it to see who continues to come in and out for the Mountaineers and for Coach Josh Eilert in his uh, first and maybe only season as the interim head coach of uh, West Virginia. So that wraps up today's show, man. This West Virginia saga is just wild and wacky. I love having an, a, a summer soap opera for us to be able to talk about, though. Uh, kind of intriguing stuff. I want to thank you again for joining us on today's episode. You can follow the show, uh, Locked on Tar Heels, on Twitter, at Locked on CBB. You can follow me, at Isaac Shade. Please make sure to subscribe to the show, smash the like button so we know you are here, and comment on your thoughts on um, AJ Dibonsa or any of the West Virginia stuff going on as well. As always, my apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats! And until next time, peace! Peace!